1: Hi, this is Father Tom Burke of the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh and welcome to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. This show spotlights the important work of Catholic education in our Catholic schools and parish faith formation programs. Catholic Education Plus is brought to you by the generous supporters of Catholic education, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh in southwestern Pennsylvania. This morning, we are discussing the diocesan mission in Chimbote, Peru. Almost 4,000 miles to the south of Pittsburgh in South America, country of Peru, along the Pacific Ocean lies the Diocese of Chimbote. Many of its people suffer from extreme poverty, and they're not able to afford the basic necessities such as decent housing or medical care. And then more than 50 years ago, a Pittsburgh priest named Monsignor Jules Rousse Uh, tried to be called upon to baptize babies who were dying in filthy conditions, he responded to the gospel call to serve the least of our brothers and sisters, and he established a small maternity hospital in Chimbote. And since then, that hospital has birthed nearly 99,000 babies and has grown to include a wellness clinic that serves more than 1,000 patients each day, an orphanage, and also a children's shelter. And the people of the Diocese of Pittsburgh have followed Monsignor Rus' example of sustaining and expanding these efforts through the Chimbote Foundation and its Bridge of Love and Hope. And many students in our Catholic schools and parish religious education programs have been very generous uh, over the years. And with us this morning is Gretchen Roos, Reuss, Monsignor Roos's niece and a member of the Chimbote Foundation Board of Directors and also is the chair of the Foundation's uh, Strategic Planning Committee. And Deacon Tim, Tim Noka of St. John the Baptist Parish in Plum is also on the Foundation's board. And they both have traveled to Chimbote, Peru numerous times. Gretchen and Deacon Tim, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Thank you. Thank you, Father. And Gretchen, can you tell us a little bit about your late uncle and the other priests and religious in our diocese who decided to start uh, the Chimbote mission back in 1964?
2: Sure. So um, back in the 1960s, the U.S. diocese was very interested in sending priests to Latin America. Uh, Two of those priests, Father Ray Moore and Father Jim Shanahan, were initially assigned to Ecuador. Um, They flew into, I believe, Lima, traveling up the Pan-American Highway, spent the night in Chimbote just as a Mm. stopping point, Mm -hmm. got up the next morning, scouted out the area, and realized that the need was so great that they felt like there was no reason to go on to Ecuador, that they could be called to serve there um, and assist the poor. So they then called back to the States to recruit some more priests, including my uncle, uh, Father Jules Roos. He came down. He planned to only stay for five years as a parish priest, (laughs) and he will tell you that he was watching the calendar very closely. Um, But as part of their service um, as a parish priest, many women were bringing him gravely ill or dead babies to baptize um, at the end of their life. And I think at the time probably it was, I think, one in five children um, did not did not survive. So he felt called then to start a maternity hospital, um, and they started with a two-bed clinic. Certainly they needed midwives and, and nurses, so they um, engaged some sisters to come down, including Sister Margaret Mary and Sister Lillian from Grand Rapids, um, who are still there today.
1: So what started out as maybe just a temporary assignment for him, he he really fell in love with the community and the people.
2: He did. He Uh-oh. did, um, as did Sister Lillian and Sister mm-hmm. Maggie. Um, and so the three of them, um, again, it's uh, over 150 years' worth of combined work dedicated to the poor.
1: And how did your father, Kenneth, uh, become involved after that?
2: Uh, so I, and my father has always, um, I would say, shared my uncle's compassion for the poor. He was very active in St. Vincent de Paul Society in Pittsburgh. But Um, Initially, he was engaged because Jules needed drugs, medical equipment, Mm -hmm. and medicine for the poor, Um, and my dad had some contacts along with his father, so they were responsible for providing those supplies down. And then my father was also an architect, um, and as they realized that the need was going to expand beyond the two-bed maternity hospital, he asked my dad to come down, and my dad then made several trips down and designed not only the maternity hospital but also the clinic, a church down there and some other buildings so he dedicated 40 years of his life as well to helping and they uh, were brothers poor. your father and yep. um,
1: monsignor Rus. yes okay mm-hmm. so it was like the brothers were helping each other out the
2: brothers were helping and my my uncle Joel's is very persuasive mm-hmm. um so <laughs> um, hey, I, Ken, I, come I, on down he, and
1: help me out here. exactly right.
2: mm-hmm. and uh certainly got me interested what as a well. neat
1: story Wow, and now you're part of that. And now I'm part so of it, yeah. So it's like the traditions have been passed on generation oh, it's after a, generation. Oh, you know, it's a
2: tremendous le- family legacy, I would say. Wow. And once you go, uh, Deacon Tim will attest to this, you fall
1: in love. Yeah, let's let Deacon Tim, how did you become uh, connected with Chimbote? So years
3: ago, I, uh, I had a child in high school, and I thought getting her on a mission trip before she got out of high school was an important thing to do. I knew about Shimboti because of the school collections, because one of our previous pastors, Father Joe Mealy, had mm-hmm. been there. Mm-hmm. So I started calling around and checking it out. And uh, long story short, six of us got to go down together five years ago. And just as Gretchen just said, it's it's really difficult to not fall in love with the people, with the mission, with the work that goes on there. It's it's it was a life changing trip.
1: And it's nice in this segment, because the last couple of weeks we've been talking about uh, the the parish mission trips that our youth and young adults are going to, like Appalachia, mm-hmm. Kentucky, West Virginia. In this segment, it's nice to go to international borders and focusing on uh, Peru, and it's a diocesan mission. So, Deacon Tim, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Chimbote? It's a very poor region. Can you describe, like, the living conditions there and, and some of the people that you've met over the last five years?
3: Sure, i uh, what, what strikes me are the bookends. Um, one of the, uh, the bookends as far as the people in the barrios. Uh, so Shimboti is uh, within the town. Um, there's poverty, but the real deep poverty is in the barrios that's outside of town. Mm-hmm. The first guy that I met in the barrios is a guy named Hiro. Hiro uh is dis- disabled from birth, and h- through his disability, he can't move his hands or his feet well. Oh. Um, so when we walked in on Hiro. We walked into a, 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 his home, which is a hut that's made of straw. As it's repaired, it's repaired with cardboard. So that's the environment he lives in. There were flies on his face that he could do nothing about. And it just—it was amazing to me that from Pittsburgh, from the heart of Pittsburgh, with what Monsignor Roos did and all the people since then for 50-some years, we get to support a, a guy like Jiro. Um In in the last guy, one of the last guys that I met, I was there a couple of weeks ago, is a guy named Angel. Angel also lives, his home is a hut. He lives with three adult children, two of which have schizophrenia. Um, So he would sleep in the room to protect them. He gave them a form with no mattress on. That's what they slept on. His sleeping was on something, I could only describe it as a small coffee table. So it was a hard surface. Mm. You couldn't picture how he could fit on there. And Angel had, we asked him the last time he had slept in a bed, and it was October. And we were there in July. So there, and this is a, just a guy with a good heart taking care of his family in
1: conditions that were beyond belief. That must really open up your eyes to see how people, these are living, breathing human beings living in poor conditions, living in a hut, sleeping on a table you know taking care of their uh, sick children um, how how are they, what is their outlook on life what do you what do you experience their outlook on life roughly?
3: you know we get the opportunity to experience the smiles and the joy
1: i'm uh, um, so happy to have you there yeah ministering
3: they, I, we're gringos to them right mm-hmm. there's not too right? many white folks walking yeah. around stand <laughs> out we stand out so <laughs> mm-hmm. well, we stand out so when they see us so many of them know the story of the maternidad. They know the nurse that we're standing there with. So they, they know and understand where they're for help, and we, of course, do help them. But the beautiful thing to me, and the, the, the joy that you get to experience, is that we are part of a mission that every day they're going out into those barrios. Every day they're helping people in the clinic and helping the orphans, et cetera. There's so many things that that mission is involved with day in and day out. We get a chance when we go down to touch it. They're living it all the time. It's quite beautiful.
1: And Gretchen, the Center for Social Works today, it includes a maternity hospital, a clinic, pharmacy, laboratory, orphanage, home visit. How has the center grown over the decades? And especially Peru was struck by that devastating earthquake back in 1970. How has it grown over these years, over the 48 uh, years?
2: Tremendously. I mean, as I mentioned, there was a two-bed maternity hospital they started with, and now there have been nearly 99,000 babies born safely in a very clean hygienic uh, facility Um, everything came around because of the various needs so I mean not only did they have the earthquake issue which killed thousands it was devastating towns were lost but they had cholera epidemics they had terrorism uh, directed against the priests at times they had corruption in their government 70 percent unemployment rate I mean so many things and the public hospitals don't necessarily have to serve the poor and they won't um, so if we weren't there meeting their needs, they would have nowhere to go. So I would say Maggie, Lillian, and Joel's and everybody who supports them recognize that there's abundant malnutrition, every other illness you can think of, some of which we've eradicated here in the U.S., tuberculosis mm-hmm. and things, and, again, develop the clinic, the pharmacy, the lab, all of that is as a sort of a mini-hospital compound uh, to provide a very holistic treatment center for these
1: individuals. And it's a safe, clean environment for them to go compared to the other hospitals around that area. And 99,000 babies over the last 48 years is incredible.
2: It's incredible. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's they call it the oasis in the middle mm. of the desert, and it's true. It's a very di- dry, dusty area. It's right on the ocean. But it's very dry and dusty. But you walk behind the walls um, and get into the compound, and, you know, it's... It's, and, and it's not just the facility. It's the love of the staff there. There's probably close to 140 professionals there oh. now, again, where they started with a handful. And, you know, the, the care that they provide, the compassion, and they do it with Christ's message behind them. And it really resonates, I think, for the poor there.
1: I like how you mentioned it's an oasis in the desert. And it's true. These people are going to that clinic or the— maternity ward or the pharmacy to seek out help and healing and there they find it and with christ's message right there and the, all the people that are the doctors the nurses and the countless volunteers showing them the love and the support and helping them in exactly yeah well let's take a break and we'll be back in a moment on catholic education plus we're talking about the chimbote peru missionary here on kdk radio Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke from St. B. Parish in Point Breeze. And this morning we're discussing the diocesan mission in Chimbote, Peru. And with me this morning is Gretchen Roos and Deacon Tim Noka, who both are very active and part of the Chimbote um, mission. And Gretchen, three years ago at the bishop's 50th annual Peru mission dinner, you announced a major mission milestone investment uh, campaign. Can you tell us a little bit about MMI?
2: Uh, yes, so this, this was a very exciting time, I would say, for the foundation. Um, you know, the, the board considered that we needed a strategic plan to, uh, mm-hmm. for the future, and so we formed a team of folks in Pittsburgh and Chimbote to evaluate what we had and where we anticipated the uh, forthcoming needs. It became quickly apparent to us that we should focus on the clinic. The clinic was probably about 40 years old, and at the time it was designed, it was only intended to serve 25 to 30 patients a day with a part-time doctor um, and we were getting hundreds of patients a day, and it was just too crowded, and we weren't able to provide all the services that we wanted. So long story short, a central point of the MMI program was to raise a million dollars. Um, much, much of the money went to the clinic. We also expanded the home visits uh, and provided some other services, but um, we opened the clinic this February. Uh, the response to our uh, project was overwhelming, the support we got, from people in Pittsburgh, Grand Rapids, where the sisters come from, various foundations, the school children, which uh, I think Tim will talk mm-hmm. about, um, you know, allowed us to meet our goal with plenty of time. So it's, it's been a tremendous success.
1: And I was at that dinner uh, three years ago at the 50th anniversary, and I remember the announcement on that. And in all of my uh, parish assignments, when I was at St. Alphonsus in Wexford, Good Shepherd and Braddock, and formerly at St. James in Swickley, and now at St. Bede, uh, the school students always are very, very uh, eager to help uh, with various fundraisers, to help with um, Chimbote, because that's the diocesan Um, mission. And Deacon Tim, let's talk a little bit about the Catholic schools and the uh, religious education programs in our parishes. And they've been raising funds for Chimbote uh, for decades. I remember um, dress down days and collecting coins, different uh, little fun activities. And our our kids have raised thousands of dollars for the children of Chimbote. And as someone who's dedicated to the mission of the faith, what does that effort mean to uh, the poor of Chimbote and to the young people who help? Uh, for the poor in Shimboti, there are certainly cases
3: where it's life changing. Um, without this mission, without this oasis, there are many people that do not have any access to health care um, and and with it, they now can come in, they can see doctors, they can get you know small operations uh, at the clinic, all the services that Gretchen has talked about. Um, I think it's also important to give you a sense of how, how well the dollar, Goes, how far the dollar goes, and the difference. And to do that, I'll illustrate uh, one of the groups through the last five years. We've been sending mission teams down yearly. One of those groups walked in on a family of five that had not eaten in a few days. They had no idea when they were going to eat again. And so, as a member of our group, found that out and realized that, reached into his pocket, gave all the money that he had. Which at the moment was the equivalent of about thirteen United States dollars, oh. and he was told that that amount of money will feed that family for about a month. Thirteen dollars can feed
1: that many people. Yeah. Wow!
3: So the it goes the a work, long way. Yeah, the work that the kids are doing here to send to the poor and the poorest of poor in, in Chimboti is, as I said, it's life changing and it goes a long way.
1: And those all those little various fundraisers in our schools and religious ed programs, it helps our kids say that you know these are little kids just like them, but they have a lot of different challenges. And here Precisely. they're helping, The Pittsburgh kids are helping the Chimbote kids. Precisely. Yeah. And, Gretchen, uh, every dinner uh, that we go to every year, the students, they have these neat little displays of their fundraising efforts. Each school does different things. Let's talk a little bit about the importance uh, of raising funds and raising awareness, especially to our youth and our young young adults. How important is that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's critical. I mean, as I said, the Mission Milestone Investment, we raised a million dollars, and we could not have built the new clinic, and we could not be serving this many more people with these many services if it weren't for that. And we also provide an annual operating subsidy. So the fundraising is critical, but, you know, in drawing on Tim's point, I mean, we take our responsibility as financial stewards of this money very seriously. 100% of it goes to the center. There's no overhead. Nice, nice. Um, And we also have made a point that You know, we want the center to be somewhat self-sustaining. We don't want it to be fully dependent on outside contributions because, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen, Mm -hmm. and they need to uh, put the infrastructure in place. So things like the laboratory and other locations are so well regarded in the community that public and private doctors send their own patients there to have work done, and these are people that can actually afford to pay. And so, you know, they've learned how to, as I said, become somewhat self-sustaining so that... The fundraising from Pittsburgh can go to something like a new clinic as opposed to just keeping them afloat. So it's been, a, a, I think, a terrific balance that we've struck and very important because, as a result, we've, as I said, substantially increased our service to the poor.
1: That's good they're not totally dependent on um, just fundraising. They can be somewhat independent also, self-sustaining, you know, as the people that are able to pay the services, and it keeps them – Sufficient and, and exactly. running, instead of all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. Yeah. And Deacon Tim, how does Chimbote Mission help to fulfill the larger mission of the Catholic Church? Uh, the corporal works of mercy, right?
3: Uh, sure. Uh, I, uh, my mind goes straight to Matthew twenty-five. Mm. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Naked and you clothed me. This is all as we as we touch the people of Shimboti Peru, we touch Christ,
1: and it's an honor to do so see Christ in others. Absolutely. Yeah. And as we finish up these final few minutes, a question to both of you. Uh, Gretchen, you can go first. Most of, most of us will never be able to go to Chimbote, but for the people who are touched by these stories this morning, how can they help?
2: Um, yeah, and I would encourage anybody who can go to go to Chimbote. I mean, as, as Tim and I have said, mm-hmm. I mean, going, um, seeing it and experiencing Chimbote with all five senses is remarkable, but what. Seeing the pictures, um, you know, if you're able to go to the dinner, if you're able to make financial contributions, no matter how small. Um, I remember when I was having my three children, and Uncle Jules kept trying to persuade me to come and have the babies down, my babies down there, because he said it's only three dollars and fifty cents. We could really, <laughs> we get a lot of, uh, we yeah, got a lot so. of mileage out of a, a small amount of money. So I would encourage people to go to the website, attend the dinner, and any contribution is greatly, greatly welcome.
3: And Dick and Tim. I guess maybe I'm a deacon and I'll ask people to go a little further than any contribution. Um, Sister Lillian likes to say there are two culture shocks that you go through. One is going from here to there, but the other is when we return. And so my ask would be uh, dig a little deeper than any contribution. We have so amazingly much excess in our culture, in our environment we can we can certainly take from our wants and give to what other people have absolute needs who have absolute needs
1: it's pittsburgh connecting to chimbote it's like you're building bridges it is the bridge you know it's our, our, it's our brothers and sisters in the lord and it could be you know thousands and thousands of miles away another continent but we're all one big family absolutely absolutely and if you're interested in learning more about the chimbote foundation you can call 412-456 3085 that's 456 3085 or you can visit chimbotefoundation.org that's c h i m b o t e foundation.org and really learn a little bit more about uh, Chimbote Peru the Pittsburgh mission and all the help uh, that they can do and there's uh, a dinner coming up in October October the 18th at the Sheridan Station Square. And I know Mike Clark from WTAE-TV is the master of ceremonies. He's been there uh, several times. He did actual big videos. Mm -hmm. Um, Bishop Zubik has been down there. He's leading a pilgrimage uh, to Peru, um, Bridge a Build of Hope, and uh, that's coming up next February. So there's a lot of different opportunities for people to get involved, either financially or even if they want to go. Uh, with with the group from Pittsburgh and, and see what Chimbote has to offer and how we can offer our love and our services uh, to the citizens of Peru. Good. Well, we learned a lot uh, this morning. So Gretchen Roos and Deacon Tim Noka, thank you very much for being with us this morning on Catholic Education Plus.
2: Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, thank you, Father. Back with more in a moment on KDKA Radio. This week in our Plus segment, we're featuring the 53rd Annual Peru Mission Dinner, and it's set just for about eight weeks from today, October the 18th, which is a Thursday evening. And dinner is going to be held at the Sheridan Station Square in downtown Pittsburgh. All the proceeds are earmarked for the operating support of Chimbote's Mission Center for Social Works. It also includes a maternity hospital named for our Blessed Mother, Maternidad de Maria. Mike Clark from WTAE-TV will be the master of ceremonies. It's a great dinner, plus you'll see uh, Children from our various Catholic schools with their displays from uh, all of their fundraising efforts. And again, that is on Thursday evening, October the 18th, down at the Sheridan Station Square. And it's the 53rd annual Peru Mission Dinner. There will also be an opportunity to learn about Peru and the people there and Bishop Zubik's leading a pilgrimage uh, to Peru. Uh, in February. So come on out for the Peru Mission Dinner. Again, that's Thursday, October 18th at the Sheridan Station Square in downtown Pittsburgh. We'll see you at the Peru Mission Dinner. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus. And thanks again to our supporters, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. I'm Father Tom Burke. Join us again in two weeks at 630 right here on KDKA Radio.